Hello and welcome to the download. It is Stu's Days on a Friday. One of these days we'll actually do it on Tuesday, Stu. We moved up to Monday and now we're Friday and it's all my fault. I apologize. No problem at all, Dave. Uh, there's seven days. We can do it every day. Every day is Stu's days now. As I've been, uh, as I've been traveling around, I've been, I've been, because I've, I've, I've been all over the country. I've been doing a lot of speaking, and uh, and uh, and of course, people, people actually walk up to me and say, "You know what my favorite day of the week is?" And I go, "No, what?" Because I'm not that smart, right? And they go, "Stu's days," and I went, "Oh wow, that's that's great. You're listening to the podcast. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, everyone's favorite day is Stu's days. So yeah, we could. Why wouldn't we have it on the weekends, right? Or especially a long weekend. That's when it's really Stu's days." That's, well, you've obviously been talking to my mom because <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is that that's the one uh, the one thing we have very much in common is that uh, very supportive mothers. You got it. You got so, it. Uh, so so so, Stu, we you you were just uh, just as we were talking, you were you were talking about one of you because again, I'm I'm doing a lot of speeches and I'm doing a lot of Q and A sessions and. Uh, you you have a you have your your favorite uh, your favorite question that you've gotten or uh, or or interaction with uh, with an investor uh, in your time over the years doing doing these kind of things. Well, thankfully, thankfully, I've had lots of great interactions. But one of my yeah, favorites yeah. is I was doing a presentation and we were talking about the long term, and the gentleman got up and said, "You know, this is all fine and well, but you know, I don't buy green bananas, so like I want to know what's going to happen right now." And, uh, you know, I always, I, every time I think about it, because, you know, the market is such a, you know, such a challenge sometimes in the short term. And, uh, you know, I think we've kind of seen that a little bit in the last couple of weeks, the reaction, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, has befuddled some of, uh, you know, some participants, uh, given, uh, you know, uh, you know, some real challenges in the financial system. Yeah. And so, so, uh, we, we talk about doing Stu's days on Monday, the, the last couple of weeks. And so the one week, I'm scrambling to, to, to get on and do the podcast with you while I'm on vacation. The next week, I think I woke you up at three in the morning on your vacation in Hawaii because we urgently want to get information out to people so they can make good decisions and understand what's what's going on. And if, uh, oh, banking crisis, uh, oh, high greater risk of recession. We, we I, I spoke to Eric LaSalle's earlier today. He's for, gone from 70% chance of recession to 80% you know, pessimism around the economy. And, oh, look, we look. Three weeks later, uh, stocks are up, yields are down. Uh, the Fed is getting close to ending their tightening cycle. Uh, even the, my, I, I filled up my gas tank at a lower price at the <laughs> at the pump. So, so how how did this happen? Well, it's a, it's a great point, and you know, so I think you know one thing that we've tried to always you know kind of harp on is that you know during periods of stress, there's lots of tools available in the toolbox for central banks so that you know, during that kind of maximum, like, like that crunch point where it just, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just, you're like, oh boy, um, you know, they have tools that they can, that they pull out of their bag of tricks and, and they provide liquidity uh, to the markets during those, those crunch periods. And, you know, that prevents, uh, you know, kind of a, a very significant liquidation often uh, during those periods of time. So when we think back to whether or not it was, you know, the, the Federal Reserve opening up some new facilities after Silicon Valley Bank or, the you know kind of quick merger of Credit Suisse and UBS over a weekend. All of this is designed to settle down uh, people on the liquidity front. It has ramifications for the economy, but what it also does is it often drives liquidity or money into the yeah. stock market because market. it doesn't go into the real economy. 
it goes, you know, it has to find a place. So, so interest rates come down. That changes some of the relative attractiveness uh, across different assets. And that money often finds its way into the stock market. So, you know, you sit here today and I think yesterday or the day before, the NASDAQ was actually up 20% from its low. And, yeah. and markets of, you know, all things considering, if, if all you had was markets to look at in the last couple of weeks, you would wonder if something had happened. Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating to watch, and again, I, I I think what we've talked about in the in the last two two episodes of of, of the podcast uh, w- was suggesting that this is a very different situation from what people started to make, you know, some kind of an association with, which was the you know the great financial or global financial crisis back in 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 two thousand eight two thousand nine. And 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 this this was a very different situation, you know, different well, sort of different banking system really because we retooled it there, and as you say, lots of tools, lots of tricks uh, that can be pulled out and pulled out quite rapidly. Uh, I I uh, I was highly criticized for my Mr. Miyagi comparison. People didn't like that as much. Uh, so just just fast forward through that part in the last podcast. But but the, but the main thing that you know governments have have. Government central banks, uh, like you say, the pump that liquidity in, calm things down, and then we can start to look forward. But but then even still, Stu, you're 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 looking at again in in the uh, in 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 the near in the near term, or you know towards the end of this, the, the, from here to the end of the year, you know you're likely going to have a you know a, a, an economic slowdown or or even a recession. So, yep. How how can how can people get excited about that? Doesn't that mean earnings go down and and you know we've, we've we've already got you know valuations aren't aren't necessarily cheap. They're fair, but they're not cheap. Yeah, well, hundred percent. And I think you know when we do the like you know my own kind of personal philosophy when I think about my stage in life is like I hope to have you know maybe two more doublings before I retire. So you know I tend to I tend to be you know kind of a holder of what I own and I try and add to it during periods periods of concern. Yeah. Right. Like when sentiment is down and valuations are great, you know, and, and obviously I'm a dollar cost averager, too, as we've talked about many times. So, you know, like, but there are other people who who, you know, they have to take for their retirement and, you know, they almost need to think about the reverse sometimes. Right. Like when things are really good, maybe it's time to to, uh, you know, to harvest a little bit because, you know, they're using it for different things than I might be. So, you know, just to put it in perspective, like. um you know, in the very short term, you know, this is my kind of my best attempt at green bananas. Yeah. Um, you know, so so money was in all these banks yeah. and money left some banks and it's gone to other banks. Yeah. So the banks that have lost a little bit of money, it's harder for them to roll some of their loans that might come up for due. And you can see this in uh, all the statistics where they survey lending officers and say, are you more likely or less likely to make loans in the future? Yeah. And those surveys all show less likely. And less likely to make a loan is tough on the economy because, you know, you think about different businesses. I'm sure we have business owners on the phone. I got to finance inventory. I have to finance yeah. my revenue. I need to do, you know, all the, everything requires, you know, money from somewhere. And the, the banks that have received the money, they want to see how those deposits season. Uh, they may also want to hold a little bit more liquidity because everything that's gone on, they may not have, you know, abundant capital to make new loans with new deposits, things like this. So, 
you know, there's this period of time where the economy itself is likely going to have to deal with less capital or less money. Yeah. Economy dealing with less money likely means less economic growth or to your point around Eric recession, right? It, it's, yes. you know, the financial conditions in the real economy start to tighten up a little bit. Financial markets respond by going up, which tries to add liquidity back, but yeah. it's not a one for one, right? So, yeah. you know, the likelihood that earnings are pressured uh, because of some of these financial challenges is quite high. Yeah. And in the very short term, you've had a little bit of a boost because of liquidity. As the earnings message filters its way through after the first quarter and second quarter, maybe that will depress stock prices, right? I, you know, it's uh, it's anyone's guess, but uh, today uh, you look at multiples and valuations, as you say, like fair, not cheap, um, risk premiums a little bit lower than average. Um, you know, the likelihood of ongoing volatility is quite high, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, in that environment, uh, you know, I so I'm of the camp like during the, the the volatile periods that are you know negative and and people are concerned. That's when I'm trying to use my you know my shovel and uh, and get more in uh, to the portfolio. And during periods of you know calm or enthusiasm, which we've seen maybe in the last couple of weeks, you know, for people who are thinking about the reverse, you know, they may want to act uh, you know kind of trying to you know make markets your friend, take advantage of. Uh, the ups and downs, depending on on what your financial plan dictates in the short term, because you're, you're I think you're bang on. Like you know, the odds the odds of it being all clear in this environment, uh, you know, don't seem uh, you know don't seem too high. Yeah, and 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 you know, I, I guess in 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 some respects, uh, could could the market even now be looking past the recession, or like they've now got that that you're getting to the point where you're starting to feel a little more certain that we're pretty much at the end of the, the, the rate tightening. So you can look past, oh yeah, we're going to have that economic slowdown. Okay. Now let's look to 2024. You know, that setting, that setup looks a little bit better. Maybe you have lower interest rates, economies firing up again. You got China coming online. So, you know, maybe, maybe no reason to be as pessimistic as, as people have been over the last few weeks. Well, that, that's that's a fantastic point, too, right? Like the, you know, like the long term investor always has the optionality of positive things happening, right? Yeah. Yes. The, you know, the person who needs the cash tomorrow uh, or in the short order, you know, when things are cheerful, they might get more cheerful, but they need the cash anyway. So they have, you know, kind of different things that they're that they're working on. You know, historically, you know, markets correct uh, with time and price, right? Or and, you know, we. No, it was probably just a little bit over a year ago that the markets hit their high. So, um, you know, when we talk about commercial real estate or tightening lending conditions or, you know, this is not the first time that uh, these have been discussed. So you just never know. Uh, you just never know exactly how uh, markets might might bottom. You envision uh, markets bottoming about eight to 10 months after interest rates. Like you mentioned, you mentioned uh you know, the, the interest rate cycle. So for the first time, two-year interest rates are below the Fed funds. Yes. Uh, historically, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of five months to six months after that occurs, interest rates get cut. Yeah. Interest rates get cut. You know, if we don't have that kind of clench around liquidity, it allows people to look over the valley, right? Yeah. Like, 
you know, we can all we can all agree that earnings will go down and they will bottom and they will recover. It's during the midst of that valley, whether or not there's a liquidity event that causes that clench. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. We're, you know, always on the lookout for it. Um, but even in the case of, of Silicon Valley, where, you know, you could have a list of things that you worry about and they may never matter. But sometimes yeah. if they matter, they'll matter a lot. Um, <laughs> and that's why you kind of prepare your portfolio for a wide range of scenarios um, and uh, and try and use uh, volatility that you know is going to be in the marketplace to your advantage. Yeah, and 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 I know I know for for people who listen to to to, to every every episode of of Stu's Days, it it, it at at times it might even seem com- repetitive, what we're saying. But you know, hey, when when opportunity presents itself in terms of a lower price or or or, or a a good investment that's on sale, you know it's a good investment in the long term, but it's on sale right now. You get in and nibble at it. That's the dollar cost averaging and take advantage of it. And on the flip side, and I think a great point, because we often forget retirees who have, you know, built that nest egg and are now drawing down, drawing income off of it. And we and we absolutely shouldn't. There's a lot of retirees out there who need to think about these things and how you take advantage of, of, of strength in markets as well. But the, uh, you know, the classic, uh, you know, t- take, take advantage when, when it's uncomfortable uh, to move dollars in and that volatility then can become your friend, certainly if you've got a, you know, a long-term time horizon like, like you do, Stu, and even a medium time horizon for older fellows like me. <laughs> 100%. 100%. That's um, fantastic stuff as always. Uh, thanks for hopping in and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll connect next week. And, uh, I think, I think we're going to get right back to your bread and butter next week, unless something happens over the weekend. Really talk about your, your favorite kind of investment. Some of my favorite days are what they call ex-dividend days, Dave. And that's when the dividends get paid. <laughs> Beautiful. It's, uh, yeah, if, 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 if every day was Stu's days, and Tuesdays meant an ex-dividend date. Wouldn't life, life would be grand? Be, life would be sweet. And no weeds too, right, Stu? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stu, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks very much, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.